What's up guys, welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John and this is r slash pro revenge. Yeah, I took yesterday off. Figured I'd go ahead and get a fresh start today on Monday. And uh, it's a little warm today, so I got the AC going. Hopefully, I know you guys say you never hear it. I'm hoping my uh, hoping my noise reduction here works its magic. We'll see how that goes. And by the way, when I talk about sound and I'm staring off over here, that's because that's where my sound waves are so I can kind of see what's going on. Anyway, this is kind of a long one today, so let's get into it. Micromanager forced to step down after mismanaging a new retail service. This one might be petty and definitely not as epic as some of the posts I've seen here, and I'm long-winded. Relevant background info first. Anyway, several years ago I was working at one of the big hardware stores in my area. It's a household name and some upward mobility with decent pay for the area. I never really found a niche there after my first year and a half. I learned quickly though. So they kind of made me a Swiss Army employee. I could work hardware, plumbing, mix paint, make keys, prepare contracts for installs, and knew all the features and flaws of the appliance models we sold. I was happy to do this because I was building a reputation as someone who could do everything. Two years in, a new program was implemented that I was uniquely qualified to assist with. They created a new position for me. It was marketed as an all-in-one renovation slash remodel service for interiors. I was to assist the designer with product selection, product information, contracts, and local marketing for this service. Everyone involved was super excited about it. Note, I was still only making $10 an hour in 2015 for this. The problem was that because this was brand new, no one knew how it should work. The designer basically had to figure it out for herself while I tried to catch her up with all the store and product knowledge I had accumulated during my unique experience with the company. Issues with the program. It was way too expensive product to be used had to come from one of our stores, which was limiting. No one knew about it. It was a rocky start. Coworkers would call me over to talk to customers if they mentioned working on a big project, but that's all we had. No completed jobs to reference or anything provided by corporate to get us running. We made our own stuff. I put together a video advertising the service and got the nod from management to use company card to purchase a TV and media player to roll the video on repeat. We built vignettes in the store to showcase our design ability. I had been picking up a lot from the designer, so it ended up being a partnership in effect. The micromanager. Enter Devin, the assistant manager. He had actually been involved in the project from the beginning, and had been pretty supportive and brought good energy at first. But I think he got fed up with the issues that we couldn't control. Sloppy contractors refusing to fix things that they messed up. Slow design process as customers worked out what they wanted, and people just backing out after taking a bunch of our time when they see the price. We were, on average, charging $3,000 more for a small bathroom model on labor alone. Consulting and design fees were also worked into the final cost. The product was discounted to basically being tax-free, but as I mentioned, options were limited to products the company sold. It was just too expensive to make many sales on the poorer side of town, where almost everyone knows some kind of contractor or tradesman with connections. It wasn't a good market for this program, but we did manage to start hitting and exceeding our numbers. Number 7 in the region for the brand new program wasn't bad. And just when we finally started getting some business and a rhythm around 8 months in, Devin decided that it wasn't working fast enough for him. Obviously the designer was to blame since he had no authority over the contractors or setting prices. She didn't know what she was doing and he was going to make some changes. He honestly didn't do much besides hover, bring bad energy and make terrible suggestions. He didn't understand the scope of what we had to do to get customers out the door and happy. He forced us to cut corners and get the sale as quickly as possible without concern for liability for basically destroying a room in someone's home to remake it, or what was realistic in terms of timelines. Customers felt rushed and got nervous. They backed out. We came to a standstill. 
We would only have two or three designs in progress at a time, but suddenly after working our asses off building the program, we had no customers for the first time in six months. Obviously, Devin wasn't subjecting us to his authority hard enough. What we've got here is failure to communicate. So he went harder and fired the designer. I lost my patience. Justice, or injustice, I don't know. I'm a chill dude, but I'd been working my ass off for this company, making peanuts on the promise that I was working towards something. I endured working for the incompetent managers that got their positions because they started working there at 18 and made it their life. The toxic alpha male, I will lead and you will follow BS was too much. I started bullying him back, making fun of him in a teasing way where he couldn't really react without looking bad or losing control. I did that for a while and he left me alone to run the program in the interim since I was the only option. The designer and I had become friends though, so I was still mad about how it went down. I wasn't finished yet, but I didn't know what to do. Eventually they got another designer and Devin had me moved back to what I had been doing before. Passed over for several promotions that I was more than qualified for. The market had been flooded with longtime employees that were being moved around. Bad luck, but I was done with the place. One day we were sent an email link to an anonymous manager review survey. The store computers were set up with an always-on and logged-in user profile, so I wrote down the link and verified with a coworker that they weren't unique. In every department I visited that day, I wrote a review for Devin. All different ratings. Some good, some bad, but I made the good ones so that they sounded bad, but as if I didn't know it was bad. I did that maybe ten times. It wasn't character assassination or anything, just opinion-based stuff with some vague examples so no one could figure out it was me. I didn't lie either. I just said what people don't usually say out loud. He would barely look at anyone after that. A couple weeks later, he resigned his position as assistant manager and took an exterior design position at the other end of the store, as far away from the departments he had been over before. Basically the same thing as what we had done with interiors, but he was in the designer's shoes. I left a couple months later to work tech support for DHS, but while I was still in training for that, my friends from the store told me he had gotten fired. Maybe he learned something? He should at least have learned how my designer friend felt. They were both fired at Christmas. It sucks getting fired at Christmas, laid off, whatever. And I've worked for a lot of Devons in my time. It's ridiculous. They get a little bit power hungry and think that they know how things are supposed to run, how they're going to run, and uh, they, they like that high-pressure sales. I worked for a company, well, I guess I can say the name because they don't exist anymore, uh, Diamond Exteriors. We were a nationwide Sears-authorized company, and uh, so like, South Jersey, part of Philly, and maybe Upper Delaware. There's a company called Mark IV. They do kitchen and bath remodels for Sears under the Sears name. But they're a separate company. We did exteriors like roofs, doors, garage doors, entry doors, storm doors, fences, things like that. And, uh, you know, anything under a big corporate name like that that's being contracted through us is going to be more expensive. Now, the one thing that got us sales was, well... High pressure for one, which I think is horrible. Uh, but the older crowd who's been around since Sears was basically just a catalog and not a retail store, um, they put all their faith in Sears because for years, Sears and Ro Sears Roebuck and Company, whatever it was called, was their go-to. It was, it was something reliable, something they knew they could count on and customer service was always top notch. Well, that faded over the years. You know, the name stayed, but, mm, I don't think it was ever as good as it was before like the 70s, 60s, maybe earlier than that. But nevertheless, these people would go with these contracts for ridiculous prices and they knew they were ridiculous prices. And probably about 15, 20% of customers would complain to the point where they knew Sears would either redo the job for free, even if the job was done correctly, or they would get a full refund 
and their new product, whether it was mostly roofs and fences seemed to be the big issue. And as usual, the salespeople were always trained to oversell the job, leave as much information out that could potentially, you know, squash the job. Just don't even mention it. Don't scare the people off, you know, things like that. And then later on, you know, you show them where they signed and yeah, I was the quality control manager at first for our region and, uh, moved up to office man, well, assistant office manager. Basically, I helped run the office side. It was just a cluster all the way around, but yeah, it sucks, man. There's a lot of Devons though in the world we got to contend with. Former manager ends my job at the company I loved. I helped end his career in local tech forever. This is my first one of these. I hope it qualifies. Apologies for this being so long, but I've had to keep this story to myself for more than a decade. Ironically, a recent court ruling means I'm now free to discuss the details publicly for the first time without penalty. And I'm starting with here. The background. I worked at a very big tech company for a very long time, like decades. Over the years, I had worked my way up from being a noob to a kind of specialist fixer. I became fairly well known internally as a security slash emergency response person. I got assigned to the bad or unfixable projects, many of which made news headlines. I have many stories that I can never tell publicly, sadly. Suffice it to say that multiple senior vice presidents in various divisions got to know who I was because I effectively wrangled gnarly and complex problems and herded many intense tech nerds together to resolve big things in multiple divisions over the years. It was so fun. At the time of our story, I was working on a small security team in a product engineering division. It was a somewhat turbulent time and our team of eight had weathered multiple reorganizations and had so many manager changes. It was a lot. But we kept our heads down and did the work, and we all got along just fine. Sidebar, and relevant later, one of the better managers assigned to run our team immediately assigned me to a huge and complicated and urgently important project to manage. It would involve people in six different divisions, had seriously big legal implications, and our senior VP wanted it to happen by an aggressive deadline within like four to six weeks. Oh, and my manager was leaving imminently on a long-planned vacation, so he apologetically would be away for the next three weeks and unable to assist. The project was to do something big and technical and which had never been done before, so no one was entirely sure how to do it. Who all it would require, what steps in what order, some of the key players had what we gently called difficult personalities. And oh, by the way, it would definitely make international news and cause a ripple in the industry when we did it. No big whoop. Manager was a decent guy, and he felt bad about leaving me with the thorny mess. And I did it. We got all the people from all the divisions in a room and mapped it all out on a whiteboard. It took days, and hashed out how to do it before the deadline. Actually, well before, for bonus points. And we lined everyone up to get it done. Before we pulled the actual trigger on a very big thing, I had to attend a meeting with the VP and exec leadership, several levels of management above me and with the legal team to present the plan to assure all the execs that we were ready and had it all handled. So I looked the VP in the eye and assured him that I got this. And then I did. The team did the big thing sooner than the deadline. It was flawless. We rocked it. Woo! Just another day at the office? The inept manager. A few months after that epic project, our good manager left us for another role, and someone new moved over from an unrelated division out of nowhere. We'll call him inept manager. Inept manager didn't know anything about security. He didn't know anything about emergency response. He didn't know anything about what our division did. In fact, no one on our team had ever heard of this guy. He was that worst kind of middle manager. Self-important. Dismissive of everyone. Cares most about appearances and ego. Micromanages stuff he doesn't comprehend and just makes everything worse. But he apparently knows people. And those people got him the job assignments because of politics? 
Loyalty? He certainly didn't have any skills or experience for our team. Ugh, the guy is the worst. One of Inet Manager's many weird quirks was that he didn't think it was appropriate for our team to disagree with or correct each other in front of other people. Things in tech, specifically product development, move pretty quickly and things change all the time. So if some of our team was meeting with someone from another team and someone said something like, so we decided to make the sky green and we're on schedule, and someone else on our team chimed in to say, actually that's changed. We decided that the sky is now going to be blue and we pushed the deadline back two weeks. That just happened in an earlier meeting. Oh, okay, cool. Inet manager would interrupt and say, we clearly need to get on the same page. Let's end this meeting right now and reschedule when my team has all the facts straight. Uh, what? That's insane. We'd literally never have any meetings if we waited until everyone knew all the same information all the time. Other teams would routinely leave meetings with us with inaccurate info which affected release schedules, resources, it was just a mess. Inet manager hostility. Shortly after Inet manager became our manager, he started being really hostile to me. Not to everyone on the team, just me. As far as I knew, I hadn't done or said anything to earn his hostility. Suddenly, after 20 plus years at this company, I could do nothing right. While this jerk didn't actually understand most of what my job was, he was sure I wasn't doing it right. And he was quick to tell me so, often in front of others. To the point that my coworkers would take me aside to ask, what the actual F is going on? I didn't know either. The thing is, I was the only woman on the team, and I have a disability. Now, I've been through some things working in high tech over those decades. It was very much an old boys club back then. And, meh, I was fine. I'm not one to claim discrimination at the drop of a hat or for no reason. However, when I was trying to piece together the cause of this dude's hostility, some of his comments were sexist and not all that subtle. He also didn't like that due to my disability, and frankly my seniority, I was given one of the few offices with a door on it in our new building. The rest of our team was in open floor plan cubicles which everyone hated. He was incensed that I, a lowly direct report, and woman, got an office and he didn't. Um, I had more seniority than just about anyone, so even without my disability, I'd have scored the office ahead of him. Note that other men in our division got offices too, because again, seniority. And that bothered him less. But I was the only woman on our floor with a door, and I was his subordinate. His ego did not like it, not one bit. He threw a fit about it, repeatedly. There were lots of other things he said. My favorite among them towards the end was him reprimanding me for my bad attitude in the meeting we'd just had. Inet manager had told me beforehand not to say anything during that meeting because he was insisting on sharing incorrect information again and he knew I'd want to correct it. So I sat quietly and kept my eyes on the PowerPoint presentation or the floor nearly the whole time. When I asked him how I'd had a bad attitude when I hadn't said anything, as he'd requested, I didn't like the look on your face. Uh, okay, dude. After realizing there was nothing I could do to make this guy happy with my work and to lose his hostility, I finally went to HR to go on the record. I knew they'd do F all about it, but I wanted to document it at least. So predictably, they told me to work harder and get along with the inept manager. And because it wasn't my first rodeo, I went back to my office and emailed HR saying, thanks for meeting with me about my concerns about inept manager. I fear his bias and misogyny will reflect negatively in my next performance review. HR should be aware that there's a real problem here and I hope you'll take steps, etc. Which of course they didn't, but now it was on the record. The axe falls. And then a few months later he gave me a terrible performance review, as expected. Long story already long, he was trying to fire me for underperformance. Unfortunately for me, the company had started rounds of layoffs all over and it was the worst possible time to be looking for another job internally. And now I had a bad performance review on my record too. I went back to HR and said, that thing I said I was worried would happen when we met six months ago, that happened. Exactly as I said. 
Now what? HR once again was no help. All said they'd done literally nothing. But hey, it was on the record again. Helpful for the attorney later. Blah, blah, blah. When I realized I couldn't find a new gig at my company because of all the layoffs, <sighs> I scored a new job for much more money at a different local tech company and pretty quickly. I live in a tech-heavy area. There was lots of shuffling between three to four big companies during this time period, and we'd often bump into other company veterans at these other companies. It was a small world. With my track record and references, it was super easy. After that was lined up, I called an employment discrimination attorney to negotiate my exit from the company I thought I'd work at until I retired. Sad face. Because I had documentation with HR explaining in-app manager's misogyny and ableism going back for some time, and because they'd done F all about it, and because there were witnesses who confirmed his behavior, they had no leg to stand on. They agreed to write me a relatively nice check to go away and to not sue them, and I agreed to not talk about the details of my separation agreement. I went down to my lawyer's office and signed the agreement. I looked to see who had signed the agreement for the company. I assumed it would be someone in HR, but it was still blank. I'd eventually get a copy once someone there signed it. I took my check and packed up my office and left. Bye, old company. I started my new job a few weeks later. Karma begins. This was August of that year that I left. I got my copy of the executed contract in the mail in October. Who signed it for the company? Not HR, but my exec VP, the one who asked for the urgent, highly important, legally complicated project. The guy I looked in the eye personally and then delivered on this very big thing. He personally asked for, before the deadline he asked for. That's who signed off on my separation agreement. I suspect that he had no idea until that moment that I was gone, and I imagine that he likely had many questions about what the F happened. And also, why did they have to pay me a chunk of money on the way out? Whoops, I chortled when I saw it. Since the VP knew me and we had some history, an in-app manager who was new to the division and was one of hundreds of middle managers he'd likely never heard of, I'm guessing in-app manager had some explaining to do. <laughs> I really enjoyed the thought of that. Karma for reals. Cut to November, as I mentioned it was a relatively small tech community in the area, and those of us who worked in security in particular at Company X would often encounter other current and former colleagues at Company Y or Z or whatever. Heck, there was a ton of poaching going on between the companies. One day I got an in-company chat from someone who'd worked in security at my old company. We'll call her Security Colleague. Security Colleague asked me if I knew someone named Inet Manager. Huh? Why yes, yes I did. Why? Because Inet Manager was appearing on Security Colleague's schedule to interview for an open management position the very next day. It seems that shortly after my former exec VP had signed my separation agreement contract, Inet Manager was actively looking for a new job at a new company. <laughs> Security Colleague asked me what I thought about Inet Manager. I said, you know, I can't really talk about it for legal reasons, which, boom, everyone knows what that means. But if you wanted to ring my personal cell phone later this evening to catch up on old times, uh, please do. She did. I hypothetically shared some stories with her about Inet Manager. I also told her where his hot buttons are, the appearance and ego thing, the dominance stuff, etc. And all about his misogyny and ableism, which was perfect since she was conducting his interview. I may have shared some specific scenarios and questions to ask, which I knew would set him off. I wished her luck, and for the love of all that is holy, to please call me after, when appropriate, and tell me how it all went. It didn't go well for Inet Manager. When security colleague rang me, I couldn't wait. How did it go? Well, he got combative and angry and yelled at me. Twice. During his interview, to be hired as a manager. There were lots more details now lost to time, except that that company interview loops were assessed as such. Strong hire for this role. Hire, but not for this role. Not a good fit for this job, but we liked him. No hire. No hire ever, not for any role. 
Inet Manager's interview was rated that last one. No hire ever. Blacklisted from any job ever at one of the biggest tech companies in the world. After being pushed out the door of one of the other biggest tech companies in the world. Derp. Shortly after that, it appeared that Inet Manager moved himself and his wife and kids a few states away to work at a smaller company in another region. It took less than six months from when I left my old company for him to be gone as well. Hmm. Huh. What gets me still is that Inet Manager thought I was so inconsequential, so unimportant, that he didn't bother to check and see where I landed after he forced me out of the company I loved. And when he had to look for a job himself shortly thereafter, it also never occurred to him that I'd have connections with, oh, thousands of colleagues I'd worked with over the years, some of whom could now be working at company X or Y or Z, where he was interviewing, and where I'd scored a huge raise for myself. To this day, he doesn't know why his interview at company Y tanks so badly, and since Security Colleague was not legally precluded from sharing stories she had heard through the grapevine about Inet Manager's management problems, it's possible that other of our old Security Colleagues at Company Z and other companies in this area heard those stories too, which means he's unlikely to get a job at any major tech company in this area. Maybe ever. Definitely not at X or Y. And they're big companies. Among the biggest. And it's all because he's an a-hole, ableist, misogynist, middle manager who underestimated little old me. <laughs> so middle manager's kind of like you know, assistant manager Devin in the last story where, you know, he's got this sense of self-importance, the big ego guy who who thinks he can do no wrong. He's the best looking, you know, his crap don't stink, whatever. And let's just say that, you know, none of us are irreplaceable. We are all expendable in one way, shape or form. Even OP, who did very important things and, you know, did a really good job at it, is expendable to a certain extent. Now, is it smart for that company to get rid of her? Nope. Not in any way, shape, or form. You know, when you've got loyal, hardworking, and smart employees, you kind of need to take care of those people because they're the ones who bring in the money for you. They're the ones who keep you from losing money. And middle management just doesn't get that. They they look at the short-sighted stuff and think that they're doing so great, but then they just F it all up. All right, guys. Thanks for sharing a little bit of your day with me today. I hope you enjoyed the video or podcast or whatever you're on. So uh, do me a favor. If you hung out this long, you might as well subscribe, like the video and all that stuff, right? Right? All right. We'll see you on the next one.